Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. So here he comes. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good to have each and every one of you here with us tonight. Praise the Lord. So if you would, uh, I am going to be turning to the book of Acts today. We'll be turning to the book of Acts. It's going to be up there on the screen behind me. So if you all would, though, let's all stand together as we read a short portion of Scripture. Book of Acts. I believe that's actually chapter number 28. I did not get that on the screen, but the words are there. That is accurate. Starting with verse number 1. When they were escaped, then they knew the name of the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks, laid them on a fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. He done got bit by a snake. He done got bit by a snake. And when the people saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer. Even though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook the beast off into the fire and felt no harm. And howbeit they looked when he should have swollen up or fallen down dead suddenly, after they looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, He was a god. All right, everyone, if you would, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for each and every person here. And I pray that you would help us to hear what you have that you're wanting to say today. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you've done and all that you are. Amen. If you would, let's all be seated. And I'm going to talk for a little bit today, a little bit about this story, a little bit about some various little ideas connected to it. So, Acts chapter 28, we come upon... The results of a shipwreck. We come up on the results of a shipwreck. What has just happened is a giant ship full of prisoners has been stuck in a storm for several days. And it's being tossed back and forth. Everyone has run out of food. They're sick. They're tired. They're cold. There's probably some sneezing going on and about half of them and a few of them almost drowned on the way to shore. But everybody survived. 
Everybody survived. Not a single person drowned in the ocean on the way there. Not a single person drowned in the sea. Everyone survived just like the angel told Paul was going to happen. The angel told Paul, no one is going to die. It, the only thing that will not survive this wreck is going to be the boat. The only thing that won't survive this wreck will be the boat. So they get to shore, this ship full of prisoners, full of people that were, you, you had your murderers, you had thieves, you had and a, f a few political prisoners, and then you have a preacher in the midst of all of them who is on his way to stand trial in Rome for the fact that he's a preacher. And it was uh, uh, just a matter of not, the people didn't like what he preached. That's the only reason he's on the boat. Only reason he's on his way there. So he gets to shore and everyone knows that this is a prison ship. And that's why the accusation goes out. Well, the reason he got bit because he was, he, he's a killer. And now it's, it's just what goes around comes around. That's why he's about to die. But bad stuff happened, so everyone comes to the conclusion, well, bad stuff happened to him. That means he must be a bad man. And he's about to die. So there we go. Justice is about to be served. But it wasn't served. The accusation went out, and then they realized, oh, we must be wrong. Because it didn't turn out bad, that means we're wrong and he's not a murderer. But here's the thing. If you go to the beginning of the book of Acts, you will find out that Paul was indeed a murderer. Paul was indeed a murderer. In fact, you find if you, uh, at one point in one of his books of the Bible that he writes, he says, I wasn't just a sinner, I was the chief of all sinners. I was the worst sinner ever. Because I killed Christians and I made war against the very church that Jesus founded. When Jesus calls him into the ministry for the first time, he, he actually literally blinds him and knocks him off of a horse. And he, he, he's looking up and he says, God, who are you? I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but clearly I don't know what I'm doing. God, will you, will you just enlighten me? What is going on? And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Isn't it hard for you to kick against this these pricks against this these thorns against isn't this a hard life to be living so he at this point leaves his old lifestyle he leaves his lifestyle of killing christians and goes into a life preaching it harder than anyone else at the time was preaching it to the point where he reaches far more people than he ever would have destroyed. To the point where even to this very day he is still reaching people because 
Well, if you listen to this message very long, you're going to find that I read several things that he wrote. So to to a degree, he went beyond even reaching the people of Asia, the people of Israel of the day, into even reaching here tonight. So, yes, they were right, but they were also wrong. He's not a god. He was a murderer, but that's old news. I'm going to be talking about tonight about that's old news devil. Just because I just want like the way that sounded. That's old news devil. Because so often we have we have an issue with bringing up old news. I even saw an example of it this very week. Now, by this point, in our modern day and age, we consider something a week old old news because we figure out new new news within a matter of 30 seconds. Uh, it, It was... uh, Right around, I believe it was still December 2021. When I I had pulled up my computer, I believe it was right around Christmas or a little bit after. I don't know. You'll know as soon as I tell you what headline I saw. But I saw it immediately. I, I just popped up Google, and the first thing I see is Betty White dead at 99. That's her birthday. That's not the day she died. <laughs> Betty White, dead at 99. I saw it before anything else because your, your headlines are merely hours old most of the time. They'll have full-fledged articles out the, as soon as it happens. But at the same time, by the same token, we've all seen it. At this point, we all know that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on Sunday night. Everybody knows it. That's not old news. That's pretty up and current. However, at the same time, are you guys aware that they also pulled up a clip from the 90s of Will Smith making fun of a bald guy? I'd call that old news. They're like... Hey, look, guess what, guys? On a more serious note, you've got when they they were trying to put up to... When they're trying to put up new uh, people for office, you continuously see, well, do you know what they did in high school? This this old random bad audio clip from from 1975... That's, so therefore, they, they can't be good for office now because they did something bad in 1975. They, they can't be good because they did this 10 years ago. Hey, hey, we can't use that because in 1962 on January the 15th, she said this. Yeah, we can't be using that because I'm sorry, but let me just put this out there. 
everybody has done something wrong at one point in our lives. To the point where we can't even seem to acknowledge some stuff that God has done. I, I was sitting in the house, uh, at Papaw's house, on Tuesday when this uh, gospel song came on, this southern gospel song. And I don't dislike it, but my phone just died. Can you pull up the lyrics? Huh? Can, can you hand me a device somewhere? I, I want to be able to read these lyrics. Jimmy, just hand me that laptop. It'll work. No, no, I won't. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I thought I might not be able to, but oh well. Anyway, it starts off. Uh, it said, "It says I was in the middle of town attending to some business affairs when I." I a man comes running by and he he says to him he says he 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 asked the man what's going on what's the problem in this what's going on right now and he said i was trying to catch the crippled man did he run past this way he was running ahead to tell everybody about what jesus did today and the, as he goes through now of course this line I was trying to catch a crippled man. Anyone notice the problem in the sentence? Obviously, a crippled man ain't too hard to catch. Because at best, the man is going to be limping. But as you continue to go through the song, he starts listing more and more disabilities. He starts listing more and more disabilities. He says, the mute man was telling myself and the deaf girl that they're leaving to answer God's call. Okay, obviously, the mute man shouldn't be able to speak. The deaf girl shouldn't be able to hear him speak. And you keep on going through, and he keeps on listing more and more of the disabilities until finally you get to the punchline of the song. And if you don't trust me, just ask the blind man. He saw it all. If you don't trust me, ask the blind man. He saw it all. Obviously, this whole thing is just built on, this sounds a little ridiculous. Deaf people can't hear. Let... Crippled men can't run. Blind men can't see. Mute men can't speak. That's the whole pun of the whole song. I don't know if pun is the right word for it. Obviously, that's the punchline. And my papa speaks up and he says, Well, that don't sound right. Well, that don't sound right. Obviously, that's the point of the song. But at the same time, I, I have thought the same thing while listening to the song in the past. Yes, obviously. Here's the problem. If the guy hadn't got to the point where, uh, enough yet where he understood, okay, I shouldn't call him the blind man anymore if he's seeing. I mean, I think this is something we can identify with in our modern culture. People get to the point that people decide every day they don't like to be called names that they don't identify with anymore. 
People don't like being called names that they don't identify with anymore. It's kind of a popular thing. But the thing is, at this point, a lot of times we don't necessarily catch up to the fact that, oh, that's not my name no more. We don't catch up to the fact that's not me anymore. We have an issue with this, though, because we tend to just assume that the old news is still the true news. Uh, there's countries that have, there's entire countries that aren't called the same name that they were called 50 years ago. There's entire territories of land. And, and in fact, you, you, would, you would be hard-pressed to catch some of these things. But it's kind of popular even when we tell our Bible stories. Because we go in there, we have this popular story that we talk about a lot. Uh, as when you're telling the story of Jesus, you tell the story of Jesus and blind Bartimaeus. But by the, by the end of the story, blind Bartimaeus is not blind. Amen. By the end, uh, there, there's another point where they even identify him as this in the Bible. And some people debate about whether or not this is the proper identification or not. Whether Simon was still a leper when Jesus went to Simon the leper's house or not. They, they debate whether that's true, but that's the way that they decided to identify him when he wrote the story. We, we have many of these things, and we, we go where one of the best proper ways to list it is the way that they listed the story of Mary Magdalene, who had been filled with 70 devils. We, we identify the man that Jesus met in the tomb as the demoniac, even though he is no longer a demoniac by the end of the story. But it's just a lot less interesting to call him the man who had been. The man who had been. It's a lot, it's a lot more words to say Bartimaeus who had been blind, or, and a lot less interesting to say seeing Bartimaeus. Uh, we, we talk a lot about doubting Thomas as if he was still doubting by the end of the story. It's just not interesting to say Thomas, the, the guy who trusts Jesus, trusting Thomas. Hey, that actually sounds better, trusting Thomas. But in the beginning of the story, he's not trusting So we find it so easy to identify what people used to be. It's a, lot, it's a lot more complicated to say what people are now sometimes. It's a lot more complicated. It's a lot more wordy to say the blind man who can now see, the man who was blind. The, 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 the. But the thing is, it's old news. It's inaccurate news. In fact, the place when I Googled it to find the photo that I have behind me, it was actually for an article that said why old news is usually fake news. Why old news is usually fake news. And I actually love that. Because why old news is usually fake news. Guess what? The older a source is, the more likely it is to be wrong about current events. Because the more we look into something, the more we find out more the more we find out the facts, the more accurate things get. Now, of course, the most accurate 
resource about something that happened in the 1600s may very well be from the 1600s. However, the most accurate news about an event that happened a week ago probably might not be from the day it happened. So, that's why I'm saying, devil, you need to realize what was true 10 years ago is not true today. What was true five years ago is not true today. What I did back then is not who I am now. What Paul was saying as he shook that snake off was, devil, I may have once been a killer, but by the blood of Jesus, I am not a killer today. By the power of the name of Jesus, I am not a killer today. I am not a liar today. I am not what I once was. It is no longer the truth. That's not me. That's not me. That's who I was. It's not who I am. It's who I was. It's not who I am. So who are you now? Now, it's very well possible you may not like who you are now. You may be sitting here tonight and being like, okay, sure, but the old news about me might sound better than the new news about me because I have done some things over the course of even the last week that I'm not too happy about. I've done some things even over the course of the last week uh, that I'm not too pleased about. Over the course of the last six months, you know, I've not really gotten forgiveness for what I was before. But if that's not the case, if, you're, if what you're worried about is something that happened 10 years ago, not yesterday, it's a little bit different. For some of us, we'd like to forget about what happened 10 years ago and wish we could just live with what's going on today. You see, what is the devil trying to pin on you? Is he trying to say, well, let me just go down the list of what he might be trying to say. You see, Paul, our man of the hour, he wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. He said, Know ye not? Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? You see, these folks can't get through the doors of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, near fornicators, people who sleep around can't make it into heaven. More idolaters, people who put other things in front of God, they don't get to walk through the gates. Adulterers, people who are cheating and unfaithful can't make it through the doors. Um, nor, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, people who are deviating from God's sexual picture of, uh, of one man and one woman don't get to make it through the doors. Thieves don't make it through the doors. People who are jealous don't make it in. Drunks and drug addicts don't make it in. Revilers and parties or extortioners and stealers and thieves, none of these people make it through the doors of the kingdom of God. But then he puts in the punchline. Such were some of you that I'm writing to right now. You good church people, do you, do you not realize that once upon a time, you good church people were a bunch of lying, thieving sex addicts? 
That's what the book says. You guys were a bunch of lying, thieving, sexual perverts. You nice, pretty church people. Such were some of you. But now you're washed. You are sanctified. You have been made holy. So that's old news. And guess what? If it's old news for them, it can be old news for you. If it's old news for them, it can be old news for you. But for now, as long as it's not old news for you, you can't make it through the doors. Such were some of you. That's old news. I'm sorry, but, but then people try coming and they're saying, Hey, you can't make it in. Don't you know what you were? And, he, and you can respond, yes, I know what I was, but I know who I am because Jesus come in and he washed me in his blood because Jesus came. And when the blood of Jesus gets applied to the situation, nothing is the same ever again. Nothing is the same ever again. If any man be in Christ, he said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away. All things are become new. So what are you having whispered into your ear? I'm sorry, you can't make it in because you are a stinking liar. You can't be saved because you're a liar. Well, guess what? That's old news, devil. Not anymore. You can't make it in because you're a thief. Don't you remember? Like, don't you remember what you did when you were in, in that little classroom a few years back when someone told you that, hey, don't, hey, you know what? When, hey, guess what? I've, I found this paper here up there on the desk. We can just pencil in all these answers and we'll pass this class with fine colors that's cheating that's deceit and guess what that's sin that's deceit that's a lie that's thieving that is thieving in the way you stole the answers you stole the answers. Such worse, some of you. Now you can be washed. You can be washed clean. Are you ready to declare? That's not me. I am not that guy. But you can't declare I'm not that guy if you are that guy. Are you ready to declare that's not me no more? I don't want to be the guy who is living in the old way, in the old picture, in the old way of being. We don't need to be that same picture when there is something better. You see, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. You may have this idea that I, I am not able to live any life better than the life I'm living right now. That there, the picture you have of the best possible life is less 
than the picture that Jesus has of the life you could be living. There is a life way better than anything we can picture and imagine. We can't imagine a life that is the way that God wants our life to be. So we have this picture in our head. We have this idea. You know what? The best I can do, the best I can do is to maybe have one or two people on my side. If I've got my one or two people, that's the best I can get. We, 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 the best we can picture is a life where we just have all the fun that we think it, that we can have. But God might have a picture of a life where we, where, where we can be trusted. A life where people know that they can turn to us if they need help. A life where you know you have a relationship with the king of heaven and earth. That is the life that he has for us. A life where you're, the very definition of our life is love. A life that's born again by the power of the water and of the spirit. But we can't get to if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away. All things are become new. You see, I have trouble defining what your life might be if Jesus got a hold of it. Because it's literally completely new. I can't tell you what God would do for you if he gets a hold of your life and you let him transform you. I really can't tell you because I'm not God. But do you know who could tell you? Getting in that altar for just a few seconds and God could tell you the totally new definition that he could put in your life. It could be a life of ministry. I don't know. It could be a life, uh, it could be a life where you are getting together with your family and healing old relationships. I don't know. It could be a life where suddenly you become the one person inside of your school system that everyone knows that they can trust. I don't know. It could be a life where, who knows, you might be rejected by some people, but you would find a whole new group of people that you could transform their lives from being rejected into being killed. And suddenly when someone looks back and says, what happened to that guy? They, they can say, well, I don't know what you missed, but that's a bunch of old news. You see, Jesus defined it this way when Nicodemus come to him. He said, except the man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus had questions. He said, uh, what, what you mean, born again? That don't make sense. That don't make sense. He said, except the man be born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of spirit is spirit. The day that you were born, you were born with skin, muscles, and DNA. You had blood pumping through your veins. You had arteries and you had nerves, and you had synapses firing, and you were 100% red-blooded American 
for the most part, as far as I know, that's everyone you in, in this place tonight. You were born flesh. But the day that you can get to an altar and repent, that you get baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, the day that you are literally filled with his spirit, you are reborn into something spiritual. You have no hope of making heaven your home unless you're filled with the Spirit in this way. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 39, this promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You can indeed declare, that's old news. That's the old me. That's not me anymore. I'd like to get some music. I'm getting ready to wrap this up. So if you would, if anyone wants to say, the way that I'm living, I'm done living that way. I want this to be old news. Or maybe you've had something coming on you and saying, oh, that guy's just a liar. That guy's just a cheater. That guy... He's just a hateful jerk. You can be like, no, not anymore. That's not me. Not now. That's just old news. But if you feel like it'd be accurate if someone were to say that about you, maybe it's time to get to an altar, to pray, to say, God, I don't want it to be me anymore. I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be that girl anymore. I don't want to be that person that no one can really trust, that no one can really get together with, that no one can identify with. Look, God, I want to be someone that shows love. I want to be someone that's different. I want to be someone that can change the world in Jesus' name. Then find a place. Let's pray. Let's get in touch with God today.